You're watching the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates' Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now here's today's lesson. It's good to be back again talking about your favorite subject and mine too. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm so excited that you all are joining us today. Uh, I pray that you have your Bibles with you and that when we finish with the message, what the Lord have for us today, that it would have helped you even in ways that you didn't even think about, that your soul would be blessed and your understanding would be fulfilled today. So if you would just go with me. And a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. It's such a beautiful day, Jesus. Lord, a great day to sit at your feet and eat your word, O oh God. Lord, even as Mary, she sat at your feet, Jesus, and she heard your words. She chose that good part. Lord, in this life, we have to make good decisions. And a wonderful decision is, Jesus, to choose you and to choose your word, to have an understanding of our very purpose here in this earth, Lord, and that you love us and that you came to seek and to save that which is lost. Lord, I pray that your word go out today and touch the heart of your people. If there is any that is confused, I pray, Lord, that you, Jesus, would repair the breach, turn that around that's in the wrong direction. I pray that you would bind up the broken hearts today, Jesus. Lord, there's any sick among us, Lord, we pray right now that the prayer of faith it would save the sick, oh God. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you for all things, for we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and that are called according to his purpose. And all these things we ask, Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. So we thank the Lord for being here today to talk about him, to understand him a little bit better. And I want to talk to you today about knowing God. It is so very important that we know him personally and individually. I mean, up close and personal, that we have an intimate relationship with him. It's not good to have a secondhand relationship with the Lord. You know, I had one of those at one time in my life. My mother took me to church and whatever my mother said, I believe because she was a truthful woman and she really loved the Lord and she served the Lord. But I didn't know who God was for myself. And I found the Lord going through issues of life. And that's not a bad thing when you're going through, the, through things that you're going through in your life that he's right there. So if you have your Bibles, we'll start off with John. Uh, first chapter of John. And we know this is over in the Gospels. We know that Jesus' life was in the Gospels. That's where he came. So that's where the power is in the Gospel. So John, the first chapter, and we'll start uh, at the fifth verse and go down to the uh, first verse. We'll go down to the tenth, fifth verse, and then we'll start back up at 10. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shone in darkness, and the darkness 
comprehended not. Now let's go down to the 10th verse. You can read the rest of those verses on your own. Matter of fact, it's a good thing to go back and read the whole chapter, John. So the 10th verse, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. They didn't know who he was. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let's stop right there for a minute. So we see that this great big old vast world that the Lord himself, that he created. And the scripture tell us that not only did he create this world, but everything that was made, it was made by him. So if anything that was made, it was made by the Lord himself. And I've heard people say, well, yeah, man made the car. Oh, but he put it into his mind to make the car. Surely man wasn't even thinking about the car until the Lord said, this horse and buggy thing, enough of that. We need something a little bit more mobile. And he dropped that knowledge into man's mind and then came the car. We'll talk a little bit about a car too. Because, you know, getting to know a car, driving a car, is kind of on the similitude of knowing the Lord. We'll get back to that very shortly. So the Lord created this big, vast world. And not only that, but he came into this world. We know that God created a body for himself and that body was Jesus Christ. And God was manifested through Jesus. So Jesus was God manifested in the flesh because we know God is a spirit and you cannot see a spirit. So he came on this earth to live as a man, to show man that you can actually live a Christian life, that you can if you surrender your life to the Lord, he'll take it over and you can have a good, happy life on this earth. And you can share your testimony with others as to what the Lord has done for you. Because you know what? Can't nobody tell it like you can tell it and you really do need to tell it. People need to know what God has done so they can see that if he what he's done for others, he can do it for them, too. And the world need to know who God is. So he was in this world, but they didn't even know him. And the scriptures say he came unto his own. And at that time, he was born into, into the Jewish culture. And the scriptures just said they didn't even know who he was. And if you even ask people, uh, you know, who's God to you? And you may get a whole lot of answers. Or if you ask them, do you know God? And some people would say yes. But knowing him and actually living for him is two different entities. To know something and to actually practice it continually and intentionally that is a whole different thing and that different thing is really what we want to talk about today so the world knew him not but listen to what the other verse said but as many as received him so he came to his own first he gave them the first opportunity but they rejected him so he said okay my own they don't want me so i'm gonna go out here and whosoever for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will whosoever believe on him so right now what we add in this day and time is down to the whosoever and if you part of that whosoever bunch then you go ahead and raise your hands to jesus lord i'm one of them whosoever's lord i believe you whosoever received him to that person gave him power to become a son of god see we all god's creation but we ain't all a son of god so the Lord gave us power to become a son of God, to get to know him. And there's so many different examples in the Bible. You can even start from Genesis when 
when uh, Adam and the Lord had such a wonderful relationship, how they talked in the cool of the day and, and Adam was so excited to meet the Lord and, and who knows what that conversation went about uh, that he was talking to the Lord about. I said, Lord, I saw an animal today had a real long neck and I called him a giraffe. The Lord said, so be it then, Adam. And whatever they talked about, it was a good conversation. It was a good relationship. And we know as time went on, we know what happened to that relationship. But even still, it happened. The Lord, his plan for salvation, he did not, he did not vacate that. He made a way of our escape. And I'll assure you, no matter what we go through in life, whatever we go through within that trouble, there's a way of escape right there in that problem. It always is. The Lord always makes a way of escape for us. So even if you look at, let's talk about even Moses. And you can go through, it's such a great cloud of witnesses in the Bible. And not just in the Bible, but people you know that really love the Lord, that actually have a real relationship with him. But look at Moses. Um, Moses was raised up, groomed to be the next Pharaoh. And he, he learned all, all the military tactics. He knew all of that. He was right in Pharaoh's house. And, and think about that. And then when, when one day, all of a sudden, it came to Moses. He looked at himself and he looked at the people that were suffering. And he said, these are my people. And he did something about it. It probably wasn't the right thing to do. But ask yourself, have you not done the right thing sometimes? A lot of times. We don't want to say all the time, but sometimes we don't always do the right thing. But nevertheless, and however, the Lord has made provisions for that also. And Moses made a mistake. Moses killed a man. He did. And when he, after he did that and he tried to hide it and saw that wouldn't work, then he said, well, you know what? I might as well get out of here. I might as well leave the scene of the crime. So he left. He left the scene of the crime. He went into the desert. And then while he was in the desert, he met a woman. He married her. He didn't have no girlfriend, boyfriend situation. He actually had a wife. And that's a whole nother story. But the Lord do believe in that. And so do I. Hopefully you do too. But Moses' father-in-law, Jethro. Moses was out there taking care of Jethro's flock on the backside of the desert. And he just walking out there just in his heart. Probably thinking about my people and what I did and the wrong that I did back there in Egypt. And all of a sudden he walk up on a bush and the bush is burning. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> He's looking at that bush. Read it in Exodus, the third chapter. Read Exodus. Read it. How Moses, he saw that bush and it got his attention. And the Bible said that Moses turned aside. He didn't just look at the bush and kept walking. You know, the Lord uses whatever he uses to get our attention. And sometimes if you think about your life right now, when we were out doing what we were doing, we can kind of see how the Lord was really trying to get our attention. We can see that red flag. We can see saying, stop, stop. You better stop. You better stop. But a lot of times we don't because we can't hear God. And we think we know a little bit more than God. Sometimes we act like we saved him, but we didn't. He actually came to save that which is lost. So Moses turned aside to take note of the burning bush. Uh, let's just go on. Let's just talk about maybe even Jonah. Remember when he was in the belly of that big fish and he prayed in the belly of that big fish. And when that fish swallowed him up and when he got a prayer through about three days and three nights later and that fish got tired of him and the Lord spoke to that fish and he went and spit Jonah right up right where he picked him up. He spit, spit him out right there. 
Sometimes we can go all the way, we go all the way around the mountain, just end up right back where we started from. We can go through all kind of hell and high water just to end up right back where we started from. Well, it's good when the Lord hit that do-over button that you can go back where you started from. And this time you can really get it right. That's what the Lord is telling us. I need you to get it right. I need you to take me. I need you to know who I am. I don't want you to have no Sunday religion. I don't want you to have no religion, period. No jailhouse, no big house, no white house, nobody's house religion. He wants you to have a house of prayer type religion. He wants you to know God himself for who he is. So when you get out there in the trials of your life, and let's talk about another man. Remember Saul, before he became Paul, he was another killer. And it's just amazing how the Lord, who he picked. And we'd be like, Lord, I surely I would have picked him. I would have passed by him and not picked him. But look who the Lord picked. And look at us. Look at our lives. I mean, we wasn't the cream of the crop, so to speak. I mean, we didn't scrub the bottom either, but we definitely wasn't the cream of the crop. And we, we have faults. We still got them. And we have failures in our life. But nevertheless, and however, the Lord, he picked you. He picked you, you and me, and he picked us. You know why? Because he saw something in us. He saw no matter what we did in life, there's something in us that we, we could love God sincerely and transparent and come before him naked. Don't hide nothing. Don't come before him with no trickery, no lies, no slicky boy schemes, but come to the Lord butt naked. Lord, here I am, just as I am, Lord. And that's what the Lord told Moses. Go tell him I am that I am. And when we go to the Lord, we are what we are. And the Lord don't want us to fix ourselves. He's the fixer. And even when we're out there trying to stop ourselves, a lot of times we can't stop ourselves because we, we're addicted to it. We like that taste. We like that feeling. We like it. So when that addiction is there, it takes the Lord to break that thing off of us. It takes the Lord not just break that yoke, but destroy that yoke. Whatever it is, the Lord can take it out of our lives and turn our lives around. So and Saul was on the road to Damascus. He was, he was getting ready to go kill some more people. Oh, but I tell you, while he was on that road, oh my God, you have been on the road or in a car or going somewhere just to do something just dirty. I mean, just wrong, just evil, just wicked. And all of a sudden, something stopped you. Oh, my God. The Lord himself, he stopped Saul on the road to Damascus. And he told Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? That's my microphone. It's all right. You probably don't need it anyway. Praise the Lord. He told Saul, he said, Saul, now I'd have had enough of this. And he told the Lord. He said, Lord, who art thou? And what would you have me to do? When the Lord appeared unto him, he knew that it was God. And that's what we need. We need such a personal experience that when the Lord come in our life, that we'll know that it is God. That we'll know that the Lord himself has showed up on the scene to stop us from going, doing what we was doing. Because it is time. He has sought after us. He seeked us out. He found us. Now he's ready to save us. Won't you surrender your heart to the Lord? Won't you tell the Lord, Lord, I've been on the run for a long time. And Jesus, I don't know you like I should know you. Yeah, I've been to church. I heard what the preacher said. I read my Bible now and then. But Lord, I still don't really know you. And that's what the Lord is telling his people, to know him, to have a good understanding as to who he is. And when Saul met the Lord on the road to Damascus and the Lord knocked him off his high horse, Sometimes, and a lot of times, the Lord have to knock us off our high horse. 
He have to knock us down and bring us to our knees to humble us so we can see what we can't see. So we would know what we don't know when we don't know him. And the Lord introduced himself to Saul on that road that day. And Saul, Lord even gave him instructions. The light was so bright. The glory of the Lord was so bright. It blinded him. And he ended up at Cornelius' house. Look how the Lord worked out. The man's house that he ended up at, the Lord spoke to him and said, go over there and talk to brother Saul. The Lord said, Saul sat down. The Lord called Saul, brother Saul. And he told Cornelius, go over and talk to brother Saul. Cornelius said, Lord, ain't this the same man that used to kill all your people? And the Lord said, but he's a chosen vessel. So we can't look at ourselves and say, well, I'm no good for nothing. Why would the Lord pick me? Do he know what kind of person I am? He absolutely does. And he pick who he pick. The Bible said, not many noble, not many wise. He ain't looking for those. He's looking for somebody that when he comes to their house, that they will open up the door when they hear him knocking and invite him in and sit down with him and sup with him and break bread and receive him into their lives, into their soul, as many as received him, to them, not to the world. He come to save the world, but as many as received him. Yes, Lord. Lord, I don't know you. I don't know a whole lot about you, Jesus, but I'm willing to learn who you are. Receive him in your heart and say, Lord, you know what type of person I am. Lord, you know what I've done. Lord, you know I was a real booger bell. You do know that, Jesus. And he absolutely do know that. But he's looking for somebody that can humble themselves. He ain't looking for somebody that got it together. He said, those folks over there, they got it. I didn't come to the church. There's enough stuff going on in the church. He didn't come to the church. He comes seeking and to save. And that's his whole mission. And when he find you out, James, the fourth chapter, he say, submit yourself to him. Forget, resist the devil. Everything that the devil is telling us to do. Drink it, smoke it, do it, don't. We get tripped up, caught up, and sometimes locked up. So resist that nonsense. We've been dealing with that enough. Submit yourself to God. Say, Lord, I hear Miss Millie. She is telling me that I need to know you for myself. Because when you go through the issues of life, it is you. That's going through it. It ain't nobody else. It ain't your, your friend. It's me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And where you have situations in your life, you need to know that you can go to your God. You need to know your God. Um, over in, um, in Daniel, let's see, 11th chapter. Read it when you get a chance. Daniel, whole 11th chapter, down by the 31st verse. It said that, and they shall know their God. And do exploits. Oh, little David, when he had that slingshot in his hand, oh, he knew. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the army of the Lord? And the whole time he was saying that he had that slingshot going, it was gaining momentum and momentum. And the anointing took that rock over and he hit that Goliath, that giant, right smack dab in the middle of his forehead. And the, the Holy Ghost, the, the Spirit of God, took that little smooth stone and sank it right into his forehead. And David went over and he charged Goliath and took his sword out and cut his head off. Oh, because he knew his God. He got to know him on the backside of the desert, tending to his daddy's sheep. He killed a lion and he killed a bear. Moses got to know God 
on the backside of the desert. Sometimes you got to get away from people. You got to get on the backside of the room. Get in the backside of whatever was going on and spend a little time with him. Get him to know him. Let's go to James and we're going to talk about submitting ourselves. And this is really what we got to do. We just cannot say, Lord, I receive you in my heart. I believe in my heart. Confess with my mouth that you're the son of God. That's good. And the Bible said that you're saved. But you got to go on to know him. It's like marriage. After that, I do. You got to really get to know if you do or don't. So you got to know that you do know him. So James, um, fourth chapter. Let's start at the seventh verse. Seem like our time together kind of goes really fast, don't it? One thing about the Lord, he'll go fast. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll be right there where you need him. He's a present help. And isn't this just very interesting how he said he's a very present help. He's right there with you. Booyah in your face. In your time of trouble. We know trouble is an equalizer. It levels the playing field. And trouble brings a whole lot of pain. Trouble brings tears to your eyes. Trouble will bring you to your knees. And while you're on your knees crying, turn your cry into a prayer. And he that answers prayers, he'll answer you when you get serious. The Lord wants us to be real and honest with him. We got to get serious. We can't go to the Lord playing because you already know how he feel about that. The Bible says, you know, be not deceived. God ain't mocked. You sow it, you're going to reap it. Look for it. But he'll have mercy even in that sowing and reaping. So, seventh verse, for chapter James. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. You got to submit. You know how to submit when you're resisting somebody? Stop. Quit. Stop. Stop fighting the Lord. Stop fighting him. And say, come on, Lord. Come on in. Come on in. Have a seat. Come on. Lord, you sit right here. Jesus, I'm sitting right here. Matter of fact, Jesus, I don't even need a chair. I'm sitting at your feet because I want to hear everything you got to say to me because my life is so upside down. Only you can fix it. So submit yourself to the Lord. Stop fighting it. Stop saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow may never be yours, but today is what we have. So submit yourself to God and resist the devil. It's like if you're busy up here doing this, your mind ain't over there. Get your mind off of stuff that takes you away from the Lord. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And the devil, flee. he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God. Scooch up to him. <laughs> Get real close. Scooch up to him. And he will scooch up to you. You draw nigh to him, and he'll draw nigh to you. Because he wants to be right there. And then when he get close to you, guess what he said you're going to do? Now I need you to wash your hands. All this stuff you used to do, I need you to wash your hands. I need you to disconnect from it. All them old friends that used to hang out with you, do that stuff. You don't do that stuff no more. So you know if you go back to the block, you already know what's going on over there. You know that environment. So I need you to wash your hands of that. Wash your hands. Are you willing to wash your hands? Are you willing to get the dirt off your hands? Are you willing? If you cleanse your hands... Ye sinners, purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You cannot be double-minded. You got to make your, not just your mind, but make it up in your heart. Get it settled in your heart. The Jesus, I'm going all the way with you, Lord. All the way. If I go down, I'm going down in your name. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to go down in his name. You don't have to go down. But if you do go down, you can come back up in his name. Thank you, Lord. Ninth verse, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. 
Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another. Brethren, he that speak evil of his brother and judge his brother, speak evil of the law and judge the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who thou, who art thou that judges one another? The Lord is saying, we don't need to judge one another. Pray for one another. We all have faults. We all have things that we are working through. So the Lord said, let all that old laughter, all that old no, jokey joke stuff, lay that stuff aside and really get serious. All that old laughing... Get some crying, get some real, real prayer time in with the Lord and look like we're kind of running out of time, but I want to go to, um, let's go to Psalms. We'll end in Psalms. See how much time we got left. We always run out of time, but I tell you what, you can go and read these scriptures. Uh, the whole book of John, uh, John, the first book talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You want to get to know God, read the Bible. And the word was God from the beginning. So read the scriptures and you'll find out the nature of the Lord and, and why he wants to have a personal relationship with us, why he wants to be in our lives. And he is so very much concerned about every aspect of our life. You name one avenue of your life and Jesus want to be right there leading the way. He don't want you to lead the way because you don't know the way. You can try it many, many, many times, many years, try to lead the way and look where it has landed. Us, you. Many times we tried to steer that ship and we'll shipwreck because sometimes we got too many fellows in the ship. Sometimes we need to empty out. So, I'll tell you this, and then we're going to read Psalms 48 because we're running out of time. You know, getting to know the Lord, like I said earlier, it's almost like a car. You know, when you're a teenager, you've been a passenger in a car. So being a passenger is like knowing the Lord through somebody else is like secondhand knowledge. You, yeah, you get into your destination, but you're not doing the driving. So as a passenger in that car, and then when you come of age and you get your license, now even before you can even drive a vehicle, because if you cannot control it, it can be a very destructive, uh, it actually can be a weapon. But we don't want it to be that. We want it to be a piece of transportable equipment. We want it to get to point A to point B. But just like you, you've got to understand what the accelerator does in that car. You know, when, when you push the gas, what gets that car going? When you get a relationship with the Lord, you need to know what gets him going. And you know what really gets the Lord going, what really gets his attention. He said that my eyes is roaming the earth, my ears is listening for the cry. He want to hear you talking to him. What kind of relationship you got if you don't communicate with him? And communication is a two-way street. And sometimes... You know, they say communication at its best is poor, but not with the Lord. Even when you do a little bit, he still it's a communication. Learn to talk to him. So when we praise in the Lord, that's what gets him going. And even those breaks, we need to know what causes the Lord to stop and whether he stopped answering our prayers because of what we're doing, because maybe we're, we're transgressing what he's told us not to do, or will he stop? to hear our cry like Moses stopped and turned aside for the burning bush. So we get to understand that uh, a vehicle is a piece of equipment and getting to know that car even before you start to drive it. You got to get to know who the Lord is. And we know that little steering wheel, it kind of controls everything. That's like that little tongue in our mouth, you know, like that ham on that ship. 
that big old ship, that little bit of ham, that little bit of tongue can get ourselves in a whole lot of trouble. But the Lord is here to save us. And great is his name. So we're going to close here in Psalms 48. And I'll just read the whole thing. I'm going to read it, kind of go through it real quick. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. And you can read, finish reading the rest of that. And I'll just read the very last verse, verse 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. So the Lord is saying, receive me and I'll be with you till you close your eyes and this out of glory. So we're just going to close. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I pray that it went into your hearts of your people and I pray that it take root and bring forth a hundredfold in Jesus name. So if you still got your Bibles open to Psalms 48, let's just sing it. Great is the Lord. And it's greatly to be praised in the city of our God. Is in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation. Joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north. City of the great king. God bless you. I love you. Until next time.